of the Oklahoma Sooners, a defensive football team. Can Caleb Williams shed the kryptonite that's held him back the last couple of weeks? Can they rebound and find themselves in the Big 12 championship game or the college football playoff? We'll talk about all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sooners. You are Locked on Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation. Welcome to today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the defensive performance against Iowa State. What's up with Caleb Williams? Can he rebound in time for a Bedlam matchup and make it two Bedlam matchups in a row? And can the Oklahoma Sooners find their way into the Big 12 championship and the college football playoff? We'll talk about that today. But let's start with the defense. What a performance against Iowa State. The defense was on the field a ton against the Cyclones, playing 89 snaps according to Pro Football Focus. There were four players that played 89 snaps. And you had Woody Washington, Delarin Turner-Yell, Pat Fields, and Justin Broyles. And these guys were continually continuing to make plays throughout the game and sealed, obviously, by Pat Fields' interception. Uh, around the goal line on the Iowa State 4th and 10. But it was really just an incredible performance from the front four back uh, as the defensive front was just relentless in pressuring Brock Purdy all game long. You look at Pro Football Focus's totals on total pressures, and Oklahoma Sooners defenders collected 34 total pressures. Brock Purdy was under pressure on 22 of his dropbacks on Saturday. Just a relentless, a relentless pressure game. That was something like 35% of his pressures. It was just an incredible performance. And the Sooners just continue to get better. This was a team that, you know, from a lot of this year has kind of struggled. Uh, but obviously them getting healthy has, has mattered a lot to this team. You know, they got back Jalen Redmond last week. Uh, they got Woody Washington back last week in a part-time role as well. And getting those guys back full-time, Delarin Turner yell at safety as well. It's really mattered a lot to this defense to have those veteran presence and two or three of their best players on defense available against, you know, Brock Purdy played fairly well aside from the taking seven sacks and, you know, you know, throwing an interception and losing a fumble. He played okay. I mean, he was an efficient, he was an efficient passer, but the Oklahoma defense didn't really give them anything and didn't really allow them to, break any big gains and and there's several stats i want to talk about when it comes to the defense and one of them let's talk about the missed tackles missed tackles has been an issue for the oklahoma Sooners in much for much of this season only this is only the second time this saturday against iowa state that they missed fewer than 10 tackles in a game what's more incredible about that is this is the most snaps that the defense has been on the field for and yet they still missed the fewest amount of tackles that they have all season long with six just really incredible and it just goes to show that when this team is locked in and playing sound defense and playing sound technique with their tackling that they can play with just about anybody and they can shut down just about anybody again Brock Purdy had a pretty decent day throwing the football I mean he he wasn't like lights out but he was pretty pretty good um you know 
I think he completed something like 68% of his passes or something like that. And, um, but the, the thing was the, the Sooners held him to like six yards per attempt. So he wasn't getting the ball downfield. He wasn't able to move the ball or push the ball down the field on the Oklahoma Sooners. And that was a real big, big, uh, you know, difference in this football game is that they weren't able to beat Oklahoma deep and they weren't able to break tackles to create big gains. That's where Oklahoma has really had trouble this year is that teams were either able to beat them deep like Baylor did with Tyquan Thornton or Texas did with Xavier Worthy or TCU did with um, Quentin Johnston. The Oklahoma Sooners have been vulnerable with the deep passing game. That wasn't the case in this one. Though they gave up a lot of completions, Brock Purdy, again, he had a solid day. They kept everything in front. They didn't allow any guys to break tackles. They didn't allow you know, receivers to run free and they had multiple guys get into the ball carrier, which was one of the keys coming into the game. When the Sooners are flying around the football, like they did on Saturday, it just makes everything go so much easier. And we talk, let's talk about the, the defensive line again for, for just a second. Jalen Redmond, Isaiah Thomas, Perion Winfrey, Nick Bonito, Isaiah Coe, like all these guys had impacts on the game that created a trickle-down effect to the rest of them. Brian Osamoa continues to put on a performance each week that is just spectacular. He had another great game against Iowa State, finished it with one of Pro Football Focus's highest defensive grades on the day. Key Lawrence, another standout performance. I mean, he, he was down a little bit last week against Baylor, got picked on a little bit by the Bears, but really, really rebounded in, a, in such a strong way. And they really needed him to. I mean, this is this is one of the one of the guys that they're going to be relying upon a lot next year, and I think they're finding a really strong role for him as kind of this utility do it all Tyron Matthew, um, you know Isaiah Simmons kind of a player where he might line him up as a safety, you might line him up as a slot corner, you might line him up as a as another linebacker, you know, depending on the matchup, and he's still going to give you everything you need. Like he can he can tackle well. He can cover pretty well, and he and he's athletic. He's aggressive, and he's a sure tackler. Like this is a guy that is going to be really, really fun to watch the rest of this season. But also going into next, when he's going to have a little bit more of a solidified role, I think it's really going to behoove Alex Grinch to continue to find uh, a way to utilize his versatility on the field to where you can match up, you know, use him matchup to matchup. And you know, maybe maybe one week you play him a little bit more as as kind of that slot corner, that big slot, or you play him a little bit as your third linebacker, quote unquote. But however you play him, he's going to continue to be a big impact player for you. And it was really just nice to see him bounce back, just have a you know short memory, get over what happened as Baylor, and just move on, and then come back and play a great game. That that forced fumble, that sack fumble on Brock Purdy was phenomenal I, I mean he just flew out of nowhere like he was just shot out of a rocket i mean or shot out of a cannon and, and just the way that he hit purdy it's like i think brock purdy thought oh i'm gonna make this throw and then he saw key lawrence coming and just froze up and just didn't know what to do with the ball and it, it i mean the way he hit him so hard the ball like popped back like 20 yards before jalen redmond was able to pick it up just incredible play and this is the time of the year where it's great to see the defense really stepping up, especially with what's going on with the offense, which we'll talk about in the next segment. But it was really nice to see the defense really 
it, they played a great game against Baylor, weren't able to hold on for all four quarters because the Oklahoma Sooners, you know, offense really wasn't doing much. But, you know, th- this team really stepped up uh, defensively last week against Baylor, and they did it again this week against Oklahoma or against Iowa State. Um, you know, the, the turnovers, they forced three turnovers against Iowa State. They had two interceptions, one of Brock Purdy, one of Hunter Deckers, uh, and then the forced fumble. But not only that, they forced three more fumbles on top of that, or four more fumbles on top of that, according to Pro Football Focus. I think ESPN stats had them at like six forced fumbles on the day. That's just – that's ridiculous. And that just goes to show a team that's really getting after their opponent, getting after the football, trying to take it away every opportunity opportunity that they can. And their hands were just really active. Like you could, you could go back and watch some of the game, and every time they're getting around Brock Purdy, they're getting their hand up trying to swat at the ball, and they were finding ways to knock the ball out of his hand. And maybe they didn't recover it all, but there comes a point in time that even if – you're a, if you're an offense and you're able to recover the football at some point you start to be like, Oh crap. Like they're going to get us. They're going to take it away. And I mean, nothing was more evident. Like I feel like he started to get the yips a little bit. And I think that was evident a little bit on his final pass that ended up getting picked was, you know, he had time like Brock pretty had plenty of time. Oklahoma rushed just three passers or three rushers at the end of the game, you know, after getting to a fourth and 10, forcing a fourth and 10, Oklahoma drops eight in the coverage. They rush three. Now, I think they leave uh, Nick Bonito maybe as a spy. And um, he's got plenty of time. He's just waiting for Chase Allen to kind of leak out into the middle of the field. And, and they get exactly what they want. They drop the play they wanted and they get it. It's, it's set up perfectly. But if you look down at the bottom of, of the rush, you got Jalen Redmond working against the right tackle, and he's like walking the right tackle back into Brock Purdy. He's not going to get there clean, but he knows that if he, can, if he can get the right tackle back into Purdy's lap a little bit, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect Purdy's ab- ability to follow through on the throw, and that's exactly what happened. Purdy's not able to fully step through his throw, and he sails it a little bit high for Chase Allen, which is incredible considering Chase Allen's size. Chase Allen tries to go up and get it, Ball gets knocked up into the air. Justin Broyles tips it as well. And then Pat Fields comes down with the ball and, and seals the game. And, uh, you know, I think that was just just the culmination of all of the pressure that Brock Purdy had faced all day and all of the, the forced fumbles and all the ways that they had impacted the game to that point. And even on that drive, and I mean, Nick Bonito had a big sack early in that drive. Oklahoma, you know, Iowa State was able to overcome a big third down, a third and 19, I think it was. But, you know, that's going to happen. Like, you know, good teams, and I, which Iowa State is a solid team. They're not a bad football team. It's just they've, they've, they've gotten caught up in some bad losses at times. But just a phenomenal day by the defense. And it gives me, a, it gives me some optimism heading into Oklahoma State, which we'll get into as the week goes along. Because it's Bedlam week. But I'm optimistic because of what the defense is able to do. You know, Iowa State's defense is – or sorry, Oklahoma State's defense is fantastic. They're one of the best in the country, best in the Big 12 easily by, by far. And I worry about Oklahoma's ability to move the ball against Oklahoma State. At the same time, I don't necessarily believe that Oklahoma State's going to be able to be able to move the ball freely against Oklahoma's defense. Of course, that's going to be something that plays out on Saturday in Bedlam, but man, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, this is going to be a throwback, I feel like, to you know the old days where you're 
playing 13, 10 games and you're pounding the ball away on the ground and you're playing good defense. But, man, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. But coming up next, let's talk about what the offense did, what they didn't do, and what's up with Caleb Williams, man? Are we going to get the Caleb Williams of old? Did they leave that passing game in Lubbock? Can they find it? Do they need to make a road trip? Sorry, not against, not in Lubbock, but um, against Texas Tech. We'll see. Coming up next here on Locked On Sooners. But first, let me talk to you about NetSuite. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your back screen, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture. You need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control over your financials, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash NCAA. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world, and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have ever even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of your, all of our users get a 100% deposit match by using our promo code Locked On over at PrizePicks.com. PrizePix allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry, and you can win. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play Store, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code Locked On, or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Hey, and thank you so much for taking the time to make Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. So happy that you're here with us. Make sure you subscribe and like the show here on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on every pod, uh, pod, podcast platform. That one's going to go in the outtakes. Um, make sure to follow the show on Twitter, Locked On Sooners, and you can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. Now let's talk about the offense. Offense, man, what is up? This is the Lincoln Riley offense is I'm not going to say it's broken, but it's definitely struggling. Um, you know, USA Today put out a piece that, that talked about, you know, maybe the the offense wasn't all Spencer, on Spencer Rattler. And I think most people watching probably knew that it wasn't all on Spencer Rattler. I think what was what was an issue was that because things weren't really working around him, it was really hard for him to thrive because he didn't really have the escapability of a Caleb Williams. But what we're seeing now is that Caleb Williams is not really using the thing that made him a a difference maker early on in his mobility and his scramble ability. Um, I think he's gotten a little too reluctant to sit back and try, or a little too reluctant to try and run. And he's, I don't know, he's, he's just not seeing the field well. I mean, we talked about last week. I mean, Baylor really, 
made it hard on the, on the Oklahoma wide receivers. But this week, a lot of it was just on Caleb Williams. He just wasn't willing to get rid of the football. You know, when he was not even under pressure at times, he was holding on the ball for like four seconds. When he was under pressure, um, according to Pro Football Focus, he was holding on to the ball for at least five seconds. So to me, that doesn't necessarily mean that he was getting out of, away from the pressure and then holding on to the ball and then throwing. A lot of it means that maybe he had time and eventually the offensive line is going to break down. The offensive line can't be expected to, to pass block for more than three seconds. If you're expecting your offensive line to pass block for three, three and a half, four, five seconds, you're going to get sacked. You're going to be put under pressure and you're going to throw a bad ball. That's just reality. Good quarterbacks should be getting rid of the ball in two and a half to 2.75 seconds at most three seconds. Like you're going to, you might average around three seconds if you're a quarterback that is mobile, like Caleb Williams is, but that's about where you need to be. That's about where most quarterbacks, if you look at like time to throw in the NFL, some of the best ones in college football, about three seconds is about about your max. If you can be at about two and a half, that's even better because what it means is you're making quick decisions, you're getting the ball out of your hands, and that's what we need to see Caleb Williams get back to. I think he's gotten a little too um, dependent on the deep ball. He's not using the short to intermediate part of the field against uh, Iowa State. I think they only threw three passes under 10 yards. Let me just double-check that and make sure I got that right because I was shocked when I saw it, but it looked like they just – they hadn't, they didn't throw the ball down the field much. Sorry. There were five passes. Five of his 18 passes were under 10 yards. Um, he threw just as many beyond 20 yards. So, you know, one of the things I feel like has been missing in the Oklahoma Sooners offense this season is the short passing game. At least when, when Caleb Williams has been under center, I mean, we've seen them be so effective in the bubble screen game, uh, in that that long kind of shallow drag that they run a lot of times where it's they run the wide receiver underneath the line of scrimmage and let, allowing the offensive line to get out and be be blockers for them. Um, we're just not seeing much of that this year. You know, we're, we're not seeing, or at least we're not seeing a lot of that in recent weeks. I felt like early on uh, Lincoln Riley was using the bubble screen game to allow Caleb Williams to kind of find a groove and get the ball in his wide receiver's hands and allow them to make a play. That's not really happening right now. They're not giving them an opportunity to do that. And I think that'd be really, it'd be a good idea to, or even just get them involved in some RPO action. You know, I, I think the RPO makes you get the ball out of your hands quick, whether it's, you're going to hand it off to the running back because that's the read you get based on what the linebacker does, or you're throwing it because the linebacker cheats up to the run. You got to find a way to get the ball out of Kayla Williams hands faster uh, make him process a little bit quicker because when he's dropping back to pass and he has a lot of time to throw it, he's kind of he's he's struggling with what to do with it right now. But let's let's move to, let's move on to to uh, something that was really good about the offense, and I feel like it was Kennedy Brooks in the offensive line. The running game wasn't great. I mean, they didn't have a 200 yard rushing effort, you know, from Kennedy Brooks, but it was good when it needed to be good, and that's in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Um, Oklahoma is up 14 to seven and they get the ball. No, sorry. They're up 21 to 14. This is after Iowa state scores. Um, they get the ball and six plays 60 something yards and they go in for a touchdown. Kennedy Brooks carries it three times for 43 yards on the, on the drive. Eric gray, two times for 10 yards and a touchdown, but it was the big play, the big runs by Kennedy Brooks and, you know, to cap it off with Eric Gray and the touchdown, but the offensive line has got to get a lot of credit. 
they've they've had some issues this year, but they were really good in the fourth quarter on that drive. I, I would have liked to see them be a little bit better on that final drive where they went three and out and lost six yards rushing. But you know, after Iowa State pulled to within seven, making it twenty-one fourteen, they came out and they had a great a great drive. They didn't throw the ball once on that drive. They ran it every single time, and it was effective. And Caleb Williams didn't run it once, and it was still very effective. And so I'd like to see them continue to, to really pound the ball. And this needs to be the identity of the team right now, is be a run-first team, mix in some play action, mix in some easy throws for, for a true freshman quarterback who's still kind of getting his feet wet in college football. You know, he, he raised the expectations when he came in against Texas and then you know, doubled down on that against TCU and Texas Tech. But maybe, you know, it was just one of those, he just kind of caught lightning in a bottle his true freshman year. Now they got some tape on him and, and, you know, good defensive coordinators are figuring out how to slow him down. So in an effort to help him, let's run the football. Let's create some easy throws. Let's make some, let's make, let's make some things easy for him so that he's not having to carry the team. Because as good as he is, and as good as I still think he's going to be, I mean, I think he's going to continue to get better and he's going to grow from some of these, uh, these experiences that he's having this season. You know, he's going to grow from the adversity. Like if there's anything that we've learned about Caleb Williams, like he's a guy that doesn't shy away from adversity. He doesn't shy away from the difficult problem. I mean, just look at the Texas game. Came in down 18 points and found a way to lead them on a, on a stellar comeback. You know, they were down 10 nothing against Kansas found a way to put 35 points on the board in the second half. And so this isn't a guy that's going to shy away from the adversity. And I think he's going to get better. And I think, you know, this week going to the Stillwater, I think it's going to say a lot about kind of where he's at now. Will he have a great passing day? Probably not. But if he's able to have a solid day against a stout Oklahoma state defense, I think it'll say a lot about who he is as a person, what his character is about and just the kind of player he is. So it's, you know, I know you're excited about Bedlam. I'm excited about Bedlam. We're going to have our crossover with Linda Godfrey of Locked On Pokes later this week. We'll also have our Big 12 Roundtable show, which we, we love to do every single week. So make sure you're around for that. And it's Thanksgiving. I'll give you my, uh, my five things that I'm thankful for uh, later in the week as we get ready for uh, Bedlam as well. So coming up next, let's talk about some bowl projections. Let's talk about college football playoff projections. And I'll give you where I've got my uh, my Big 12 power rankings at this point in the season. But first, let me talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one place to bet on all your sports action. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means: football. And nothing goes better with, with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season: more props, odds, and lines than ever before. So head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On. That's promo code locked on to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. <laughs> I love stuffing, I, especially like the inside stuffing. I, I don't know what your favorite dish is. Tell me what your favorite dish is in the comments section. Would love to hear about it. Uh, for me, like, and maybe we'll do a segment on this later in the week, but one of my favorites is this thing that my grandma makes. It's just, I don't know what it's called, but we just call it the strawberry stuff. The strawberry thing. It's like strawberries and jello on top of like, oh, cream cheese, whipped cream, 
layer on top of pretzels. I don't know why I love this thing, but I always have since I was a kid and she still makes it for me every Thanksgiving. So shout out to grandma for hooking me up with the strawberry stuff. Also big shout out to her for the cranberry relish. I'm not a big cranberry guy, never really enjoyed cranberries, but that cranberry relish is the bomb. Make sure if you got family that has never had cranberry relish, you check that out. Maybe I'll find, uh, get her recipe and we'll, we'll post it here on the show so that, uh, that you can, you can try it out here for Thanksgiving, but shout out to grandma for all the, the wonderful meals and mom and dad, obviously, and my wife, uh, Audra and, you know, yeah. Thanks for all the, all the good stuff that we'll talk about later in this week as well. But let's talk about some bowl projections. ESPN has Oklahoma going to the Valero Alamo Bowl. Of course, all this change, all this changes when Oklahoma wins Bedlam two weeks in a row and they go on to the, the college football playoff because, hey, their odds in, increase. Their odds improved according to 538. Last week they had like a 17% chance of making the college football playoff. This week that jumped up to 24%, I do believe. Hey. It's getting a little bit better. It's getting a little bit better for the Oklahoma Sooners. Just win, baby, right? Just win. It doesn't matter how you win. Just win. That's what Al Davis used to say, am I right? But let's talk about some Big 12 power rankings. This is one of my favorite parts of the show every single week. And this week, it's especially beautiful because we've got a new team at number 10 in the Big 12 power rankings and I'll give you a second to see to let me know if you can guess who that number 10 team is. It is the Texas Longhorns. That's right. After losing to Kansas and then West Virginia, who have been the two teams kind of more consistently in the bottom of my Big 12 power rankings, which you can read over at the Sooners Wire at usatoday.com. If you're going to lose to the two bottom teams, guess where you belong, Texas? You belong at the bottom. Now, this I don't think is an indication of where Steve Sarkeesian is headed uh, in his time in Austin. However, I do wonder if Chris Del Conte and the Texas Athletic Department and the donors and the boosters will grow restless in this first season of Steve Sarkeesian, who's lost to Kansas and West Virginia and looks to potentially end their season at the bottom of the Big 12. That would be one wild way to potentially leave the Big 12 is if you finish last place before you head to the SEC supposedly i mean potentially they could go to the sec next year <laughs> how how crazy would it be if oklahoma won the big 12 and texas finished last in the big 12 as they went to the sec sorry um, i shouldn't get i shouldn't get too giddy about that i shouldn't smile too much about that because just you don't want to wish bad things upon people because that could just bring bad things on you uh but coming at number nine you got the kansas jayhawks who found their way out of the doldrums, out of the cellar of the Big 12 for at least one week to number nine in the Big 12 conference. You know, they played TCU tough. 31-28, the Horned Frogs got the win, but it was a close game, and the Kansas Jayhawks nearly pulled it off. They had the game tied before TCU kicked a a last uh, second field goal with about six seconds left on the clock. So big shout-out to Lance Leipold and Jalen Davis for putting together a pretty fantastic game. Um, Sorry, Jalen Daniels, not Jalen Davis, Jalen Daniels. West Virginia comes in at number eight. You know, they've been quietly playing some pretty good football. They have a chance to get bowl eligible uh, this n- next week against the Kansas Jayhawks. Now, somebody suggested on Twitter that, that West Virginia needed to sacrifice itself so that Texas could finish last in the conference uh, as the Texas Longhorns will have to play Kansas State. 
but you know, West Virginia is going to be going for that bowl eligibility. Hey, and number seven, you got the TCU Horn Frogs also fighting for bowl eligibility as well, which is really interesting considering you know, they just fired Gary Patterson and yet they're sitting on the outside of potentially going to a bowl game. Coming in at number six, you got the Texas Tech Red Raiders who just got shut out by the Oklahoma State Cowboys. If you were hoping for some kind of help from Texas Tech against Oklahoma State, you did not get it this week. Texas Tech was pretty good defensively, but they couldn't do anything offensively. They were held to 108 total yards and just 10 first downs. Oklahoma State's defense is legit, man. I, you know, I'm not going to not going to be able to say enough nice things about Oklahoma State's defense this week cuz they're just that good. Coming in at number 5, you have the Iowa State Cyclones. They obviously lost to Oklahoma. We talked about that. But they've got a tough matchup with TCU. There's a chance they could finish their season uh, six and six on the year um, if they are not careful. And then at number four, you got Kansas State. They lost to Baylor twenty to ten. Man, very disappointing end to potentially another another season for Skylar Thompson, who left the game injured. You just feel bad for the dude at some point. Like you just kind of like Caleb Kelly. You know, like Caleb Kelly didn't get to finish his career on a high note. Skylar Thompson may or may not get to. I mean, it, it doesn't sound promising that he's going to be available for Kansas State's finale uh, this week against Texas. And yeah, against Texas. And um, yeah, you just you just wish better for the guy. Uh, coming at number three, you got the Oklahoma Sooners beat Iowa State. Uh, they still sit here because, you know, they got that loss to Baylor, which Baylor keeps Baylor at number two. Uh, and then you got the Oklahoma State Cowboys who come in at number one. I mean, they're the top dog right now. Spencer Sanders is playing solid football. I won't say he's playing great football, but he's playing solid. You know, he's he's not necessarily beneficent, but he's hitting big plays to Tay Martin. The defense is doing exactly what it needs to do. And, you know, if Spencer Sanders doesn't turn the football over and he doesn't get sacked, the Oklahoma State Cowboys have a chance to win some games. And they're right there on the edge of the college football playoff too. I don't know if a one-loss Big 12 team is going to be able to make it into the college football playoff, but they would seem to have the best shot. Of course, when Oklahoma goes in and beats them, that's going to be a little bit different, but that remains to be seen. So we'll talk about that as the week goes along because, man, this is going to be a tough, tough game. It's going to be a tight one. And Oklahoma going into Stillwater, potentially the last Bedlam game for the foreseeable future if Oklahoma goes to the SEC next year. Mike Gundy's saying that he – doesn't want to play in Bedlam. He doesn't think that Oklahoma State should play Bedlam anymore. And I got thoughts about that. I got feelings about that. But, hey, it's not it's not my decision to make. It's, it's up to Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's got greener pastures on their minds. And Oklahoma State has got some petty on their mind. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thank you so much for tuning in and being part of the show. Make sure you are subscribed to the channel on youtube make sure you like the show as well leave me a comment in the comment section would love to hear your feedback make sure you share it with a friend too let them know about locked on sooners we're here and available daily sorry i missed yesterday's show just things did not come together to allow me to record and i apologize for that so make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts we're free and available on all podcast platforms and available on youtube as well my name is john williams Follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. And until tomorrow, Boomer Sooner.